When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Own the Microphone. I am Bridget McGowan and I am joined by Dina Duvicas. Dina, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, Dina, you have a really interesting background. Not only are you a speaker, but you come from a really challenging industry, the restaurant industry. (laughs) Yes. Tell us how in the world do those two worlds collide? So I will tell you um, a little bit about my background. So for, I come from... Uh, an immigrant Greek family, you know, full blood. I mean, if you've ever seen the movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, I lived that to the (laughs) T, to the T. So I was in the restaurant industry since I was about eight years old. And I opened my own about 15 years ago. So I owned and operated my own restaurant for 15 years. And it was very successful. It was a very challenging industry. I did it alongside my husband. Um, and it was great. It really was. It was. But there was a turning point that happened. So really, the speaking industry and the restaurant industry did not go hand in hand. The speaking industry came after the restaurant industry. I successfully sold it a couple of years ago to really pursue my speaking career. And the reason I did that, um, if you don't mind a little backstory. Yeah. The reason I did that is because this was about, I would say, about three years ago or so. So I'm this would out- have been 2020? Right around there, yes. Was it was it early 2020? Mm, I'm asking a little later. I'm thinking about the pandemic, and I'm wondering if you were kind of, you know, getting out before the ship. You went. know what? Oddly enough, because of the type of restaurant that I had, I also owned a drive-thru. So mm-hmm. it I actually flourished in the pandemic. Yes. A I was fine because yep. the drive-thru was pumping. So we were great. We were fine. Like as a business, the business was great. It was a lucrative, successful business. We worked really hard for 15 years. Awesome. Um, And honestly, we didn't think we would really do anything else. You know, we were really good at it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, one day I'm sitting on my patio and having my cup of coffee and, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm finding myself very uncomfortable and frazzled. And I just, I don't feel right. And I went, well, this is kind of odd. I mean, I checked my boxes, didn't I? You know, everyone has the boxes, right? The the social boxes, the cultural boxes that we all have. And I was like, wait a minute, I, a successful business. I'm making money. I, I have two beautiful boys. I'm married. I got I got a nice home. Check, 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 check. What the hell is wrong with me? I mean, there shouldn't be anything wrong with me, right? And then out of nowhere, it hit me like a ton of bricks that even though I checked all my boxes, I could honestly say I had not grown in 10 plus years. Zero. My days completely blended with each other. I couldn't tell you one day from the next. Everything I was doing, I could do with my eyes closed, 
It took zero thought and zero effort. I was on complete autopilot. I was maintaining staying busy, but actually getting nothing done. Like there was zero personal growth. And that really, I think that was the big turning point where I said, wait, 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 what is going on here? There, Something's got to give because there's got to be more out there. How did speaking enter into that conversation? Because, you know, I'll bet there are a lot of people who sit down and they have that conversation yeah. with themselves or uh-huh. something similar to it. But I know a lot of them say, speaking's the answer. <laughs> what happened? So that is a very interesting story is that I speaking to me was always something that was in my heart, but kind of like almost like a joke. You know, I was always very good with people. I could speak excellent at the restaurant. People would stop me in the drive through and say things like, my God, you should do something with that voice. My God, you should work Mm -hmm. with, you know, people would say these things, but I was like, oh yeah, uh uh-huh. Thanks for the compliment. Gotta go. You know, I didn't didn't even comprehend anything. Yeah. (laughs) And then during that transitional period where I was like, God, I really, I've got to figure something out. I told myself because I have no clue what I want. I have no clue. I don't even know what I'm good at. I don't know what I want. I don't know what direction to take. I mean, it was really kind of a scary moment. I told myself, I'm going to change one thing in my routine. Just one. That's it. So maybe I could like break that cycle and maybe something will flourish. I don't know. And the one thing that I changed was I started reading for 10 minutes a day. It really actually started with five minutes a day, to be honest. And I was like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. Everyone has five minutes, right? So I started reading whatever I could get my hands on. I mean, you see these shelves behind me, you know, I'm, you know, grabbing books, doing whatever I can. And I would read for five minutes a day. And then Suddenly out of nowhere, I was, I was scrolling through Facebook and this woman I hadn't talked to in 10 years, there was nothing flashy. There was nothing fancy. There was not this big article that, you know, changed and transformed my life. None of that. She just said, what do you want? Haven't spoken to this woman in 10 years. And out of nowhere, I just typed speaking. That's it. I just said <laughs> speaking. And I pressed that. Do, do, do you think this quick response of speaking was somehow connected to the reading you had been doing? 100%. Okay. 100%. Tell us more. more. I think what happened is when I started reading, I think I started creating an environment where I broke out of my autopilot, broke out of my routine, and I allowed myself to ask questions, which really turns on your mind quite a bit. You're asking questions that you never even really thought to ask, you know, and during that time, I will say one of the most pivotal things that I ever did is because even though the reading truly helped because it broke me out of that routine, I think one of the biggest things I ever did was I got myself a mentor. I got myself a coach. And I think that was really pivotal because this woman asked the right questions to really get inside of me to figure out what it is I really, really wanted, what it was. We, we live in this society right now where it's almost like if you've checked your boxes and you potentially want something more, you almost feel like a guilt. You feel this weird sense of like, I should just be grateful for what I have. And you should. I don't disagree with that. But there's no shame and no guilt in wanting more. So I think she kind of opened that up so I could find out what I was what I was really truly good at. And one of the things that I will say when it comes to speaking, um, I think what really turned me towards speaking 
as a profession and something that I dedicated my life to is that I noticed that there were so many people out there that were leaving their talents on a shelf, just like me, just like everyone else. And the biggest question that truly haunted my mind is how is it that we could be in this world right now, right? Where strength is, is massive, right? People's voices are being heard and, you know, we're on this like level of progress, but I keep seeing that people are leaving their talents on a shelf because they're settling to survive. Surviving is that, is that's all they were thinking about. You know, you got to pay your bills. You got to do this. You got to do that. But the reality is, is that if we don't, we are not able to tap into these talents that we have, we're going to leave them on a shelf. And that's too bad, not only for yourself, but for the world at large. Imagine the impact people could make if they used what they were actually good at and not just to survive to like pay the bills and do that. And what I realized is that speaking was my mission. Speaking was my calling because I need to break people out of that mode so I can bring out these talents that honestly, most people take to their grave. And that is scary. That is truly scary. There's a quote by Les Brown. He says the exact same in so many of his speeches. I'm sure you've heard Les Brown before. And the one thing that always hits me that just, oh, stabs me in the heart. He says, the graveyard is the richest place on earth because it is here you'll find all the hopes and dreams that were never fulfilled. And it just, it just kills me because I know how much of us are stuck in this cycle of survival. Mm. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, we're we're going to talk more about that that idea, and I want to hear more about something that you've said, and that's weakness does not exist. Mm-hmm. There's more to that. I'm just going to say weakness does not exist. Dot dot dot. Yes. Everybody, stay tuned. Dina Duvicus speaks from experience. She's not only built a business, but she's developed and she's run teams in that really tough industry, the restaurant industry. And she, she'll let you know, as she already has, that you will quickly see the results of your efforts or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. It's an industry where team dynamics um, is near impossible to establish, much, much less maintain, but she did it alongside her husband and the crew that they built over years. And her war stories are now lessons of wisdom that apply to just about every industry, but most industries that she's run into. And what she knows for sure is that strength and teams are industry agnostic. It matters every single where you go. Dina is a keynote speaker for corporate events and workshops specializing in putting untapped potential into motion. Talk to us a little bit more about one of your favorite presentations you've done where you moved your audience to use that untapped talent and potential. This, my, the topic that I hold very dear to my heart is strength. It's inner strength. Mm -hmm. And, and I'll tell you why, because during that transitional period, the I told you that a question truly haunted me, right? In a world brimming with strength, right? People believe they're strong. Many are scaling new heights. Uh, Women are embracing their power. Uh, Every human voice is more accessible than ever before, right? How is it in the era of progress? We find ourselves honestly grappling with record levels of anxiety, depression, burnout, uh, the pervasive feeling of just being stuck 
or just being busy and getting nothing done. So my, my question that haunted me was what went wrong? Where did we go sideways? You see, that question opened up this entire rabbit hole of strength because what happens is that we go, let's talk about the personal development field, right? As a whole. Okay. We know that it's an amazing field. Okay. Speakers from all over the world are talking about personal development. There's conferences, there's books, uh, there's podcasts, and these are all critical things. But what they cover is perseverance, mindset, um, discipline, uh, strong will, all which are amazing things to have, right? In order to grow. But my question, this is why strength is so important to me. My question is, why is nobody talking about strength? Because inner strength for me, in my opinion, is the foundation. It's the core. It's what really all of those other traits can stand on. It's like, I want you to envision a home, right? So envision a home, you have the strongest doors, the strongest walls, the strongest roof, the strongest, what everything is absolutely top of the line, right? But you built it on dirt. So no matter what you do, at some point, those traits that you have that you're working so hard towards, they're not sustainable. If you can manage to work on your inner strength, that is what creates sustainability. It's like having a beautiful car, right? Yeah, that gorgeous, gorgeous car with 500 horsepower, so powerful, right? But here's the funny thing. You spent hundreds of thousands of dollars building that car. But the cheapest thing you could find on every corner is missing. Fuel. If you don't have that fuel, that car's not going anywhere. It's just going to collect dust. And that fuel is your strength. So strength is a, a really a true key element in creating sustainability. Otherwise, what happens is we use all of this personal development, honestly, as a crutch. It becomes another addiction. So you're like going from conference to conference just to stay alive. But if you can focus on your strength and understand it and harness it, now you're not just going from conference to conference or book to book to stay alive. Now you are gathering so much more. Your results are way better. This is all about optimizing your true potential. And it starts with your inner strength. What is one thing everyone can do right now to, I don't know if it's build their inner strength, recognize it, uh, tap into it. What's what's one anything that our listeners can do right now? I will give you a sneak peek into this world. It's going to be awesome. And it's super, super, super easy. So this strength world can come with um, some confusion because it's never really talked about. It's kind of a, an odd topic. If you ask somebody, who do you think uh, or what do you think strength is? Honestly, everyone kind of gets fidgety. You know, I've done tons and tons of research and they're like, I don't, I don't really know how to describe it. So if you find yourself, you're like this with this strength world, because it's so fresh, it's a new perspective. I want you to ask yourself one question. Who do you believe in your life is the strongest person? Now, first person that comes to mind, you know, you sit there and think about it. Is it like a mother? Is it a religious figure? Is it a president? Whatever, whatever you picked. And then I want you to ask yourself why you chose that person. Because who you chose and why you chose them will give you insight as to what you believe strength is. And I'll give you a little hint. This is usually 
a really big eye opener for people. Like for me, I had chosen my, my mother. She's a woman who sacrificed tremendously in her life, right? She suffered quite a bit, you know, for, for our family, for everyone, which means when you pick it apart and ask yourself, why did I choose that person? That means I correlate strength with human suffering, even on a subconscious level. So later down the line, this is on subconscious level. If I wasn't suffering in some way, I didn't feel like I was doing enough. It's very fascinating. So if you ask yourself, who do you believe is strong? Okay. And ask yourself why you chose that person. You'll get some insight into what has molded your idea of what strength is. Because remember, your upbringing, your environment, your traumas, your family, your friends, social media, and even what past generations have given to you have shaped and molded what you think strength is. And 99% of the time, it's not the case. Strength is very unique. If you understand strength and the different types of strength, you can utilize those types, create balance in your life, and really shift your entire life. Mm. Now, I know you have a book coming out, Mighty. Yes. The Science of Strength, a manual on putting your power in motion. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling we're going to see a lot more fantastic questions like that. Yes. Ryan, yes. who do you believe uh, is the most uh, or, or, or is uh, uh, the strongest person, you know, and, and, and why did you choose that person? And I'm paraphrasing. Tell us a little bit about your book and what people will learn from it. So the book is basically a combination of all the research that I've done from, you know, interviews, everything that I've come up with. It's a very, it's a brand new, fresh perspective on inner strength. And it's meant to reset your strength back to basically factory mode, where it's supposed to be without all the stuff that has influenced it over hundreds of years, to be honest. So you'll get tools in the book for you to implement in your daily life that will really reignite that. You'll have uh, the ability to separate the types of strength that you use. There'll be uh, information in there where you can understand, you know, there's um, about eight types of strength and you'll be able to understand what type you normally function in and you'll be able to adjust them accordingly within your life. And truly at the end of the day, you'll come to realize that the, by the end of the book, you'll come to realize that the strongest person you'll ever know is the you that you're about to meet. Wow. Have you shared that with others where you tell them that the strongest person they'll ever know is themselves or this transformed version of themselves? Yes. So what is their mm -hmm. reaction to that statement? It's typically? so funny, especially when I'm, you know, if I'm on stage and I do yeah. this with some people, I also do it with, um, uh, an activity where I involve the audience as well. And the look on people's faces, it's, it's remarkable because here's the thing. Once you start getting like that tiny light bulb, once you start getting that little thing, and then I say that line that really puts it all together. So you understand where I'm going with it. It's like a light switch. And once you see that, once you see strength for what it actually is, the magic of it, is that you can never unsee it again. 
and you see the twinkle in people's eyes, you see the motivation, you see that they're ready to get on fire about it because truly strength is the power behind every single action we take good and bad. So we better know how to use it. So I love, I love watching people completely transform from, I have no idea what this chick is talking about (laughs) to by the end of everything going, oh my God, I think I get it. So that's, that's the beauty of it. Now that's huge when you're able to bring about transformation with an audience. And that's something that's important for people to understand when they're considering public speaking or considering becoming a professional speaker. That means you publicly speak and you're paid to do it, right? It's about that transformation. Getting up talking Mm -hmm. isn't (laughs) presenting, isn't, that's not it. So tell me, you know, coming from the restaurant industry, what have you done to hone your professional speaking skills or what what do you do to you know deliver a a, a message that just crushes it time and time again i will tell you that i think the messages out there that even resonate with me not just myself what i do for my own audience yeah. but even the messages that resonate with me you can see it from people's heart of hearts that it comes from within they are very passionate about it. They are in love with it. They they live and they breathe it. And I think that's the key. You've got to believe in what you're doing. You have to believe, you have to find what is your niche? What are you passionate about? If you're going to go out there and try and, you know, copycat something, or if you're going to go out there and try and, you know, you know, let me just be a cookie cutter, you know, mindset, you know, it's not going to work because people feel that. And let me tell you, there is a big difference when you walk out on stage and you try and do that. I guarantee you, you're going to have the jitters. I guarantee you, you're going to be uncomfortable. I guarantee you, you're not going to feel right. But when it comes from your heart, when it's something you're truly passionate about, you feel it. The audience feels it. Everybody feels it. And I think that's truly, that's the key. Your message needs to be yours. Yes. Yes. Without a doubt. In a little bit, you will have the opportunity to ask me a question. For now, I want to know, what is a challenge you've had during a presentation where, I don't know, maybe you just hadn't planned for it or you just had to flip the script and make it work? I got this covered. Uh, This literally (laughs) just happened two months ago. Uh So I am so happy that you brought this up because it's important. It really ties everything together, especially for those speakers. So I was um, asked to speak in Texas and it was only about seven days out. And I said, oh my God, that's not enough time for me to prepare in seven days, especially because this is not cookie cutter information. You know, I've got a lot of information that I got to get down there and really memorize, you know, piece by piece. And I said, but you know what? That's okay. I can do it. And three days before the speech, the uh, the coordinator tells me, uh, you're going to have a podium up there. And I said, oh my God, that's fantastic. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. That's wonderful because I love speaking through a podium. Like I can write an amazing speech and I can still interact with the audience and I don't need to feel the pressure. No problem. So I don't know what happened to me, but I said, oh my God, I'm going to change my whole speech. Especially if I have a podium, this is easy peasy for me. 
I changed my whole speech. I arrived there. Day one of the conference is beautiful. It's wonderful. Great. I'm, I'm vibing with people. People are loving me. I'm loving them. It's a wonderful experience. And at the end of the night, I'm the, ne- by the way, the next day I am to go on stage at 11 a.m. And the night before, this is like 10 o'clock at night. The coordinator tells me, hey, Dina, by the way, no podium. And I went, what? <laughs> and I said, no problem. And I marched up to my hotel room. And I, I literally am staring at these pieces of paper. And I have become so overwhelmed with stress. And all of it, I'm, I'm completely to the brink. I start bawling my eyes out. Because there is no way I can memorize this by 11 a.m. Impossible. Not going to happen. And I will tell you, this is a really funny story. I lay down in my bed and I stared at my speech and I looked up and I said, and I'm not kidding when I tell you, I talked to God like he was my son. Okay. I was like, listen, you better have some kind of an answer for me by morning because I have no idea how I'm going to get through this. I have no clue. So I'm going to bed. Good night. I just went to bed. (laughs) I wake up in the morning. I still have no idea what I'm doing. Fix my hair, put my suit on, getting ready to go. And I'm. this is 20 minutes. I'm about to be on stage, 20 minutes. And I'm staring at my papers and it hits me. It hits me just like this. I walk up on stage and I tell these people because it was conducive to the environment and my entire speech was exactly what I just went through. And it worked out beautifully. It was conducive. And it was, I had two standing ovations. I mean, people just went crazy. They were like, this is the most authentic speech we've ever heard because it came from the heart. And it was the true, I'm not trying to be somebody that I'm not. I'm trying to be as real as humanly possible because the point of being real and authentic is that's when you create an impact. So when you are faced with a challenge, my recommendation is be you, be as authentic as humanly possible. I told them that I cried in my hotel room. I told them that I straight up panicked. And I told them that this was exactly what needed to happen because this is exactly what they needed to hear. And it worked out great. Wow. I'm sitting here and I know listeners, you cannot see us, but I'm looking like a bobblehead doll as she's (laughs) recounting her experience because I would have done the same thing, right? Yes. Number one, and and I love event planners, don't get me wrong, seven days for a true professional speaker, we don't just get up there and shoot from the hill. No. We don't just get up there and pull stuff out of thin air. No. And, 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 Professional speakers are not synonymous with someone who has the gift of gab. Mm-hmm. Those who are serious about what they're doing, they research, they plan, they write notes, they read, they rehearse, they move content, they rearrange things, they practice again. And all of that can take seven plus days easily we haven't talked about designing any slide deck (laughs) okay this is very true it's a process it's a process it's a massive process and you know 
it can be done. I mean, we've got Dina here to, you know, attest to the fact it can be done, but you don't think of anything else but that presentation. And then to make that change of removing the lectern, it doesn't sound like a big deal to an event organizer. Yeah, we're taking away the lectern. But for a professional speaker who has planned for and is relying upon that lectern being there to easily access notes in the event you need a quick reference, it can send you into a mental state that oh, yeah. is ugly. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking full spiral. Absolutely. I, I hear you <laughs> and feel you. Well, kudos to you. Thank you. For finding your strength, mm-hmm. which was being authentic and using your experience as a teachable moment and Mm -hmm. then to get not one but two standing ovations bravo nice thank you thank you very much you're welcome and listeners you know this is a teachable moment in that try your very best not to succumb to a challenge But figure out in that moment, how can I use this or find my strength and use this Mm -hmm. in a way that is going to impact my audience and make an aha moment come up or a light bulb moment? I know it can be hard. Call upon whatever higher power rules your world or rocks your mind and find that strength. Okay. Wow, Dina. Oh my goodness. I will (laughs) not soon forget that. What is your question for me? Well, we talked about challenges, but I'm very curious, in your opinion, you're a speaker in this world, you've done this for a very long time. What's your favorite part about it? Favorite part about speaking Mm -hmm. is I not only deliver a message, but in that message, I'm walking the walk and talking the talk. I'm not just telling you, and this is not a good example, but it's what I'm going to give right now. I'm not just telling you that you need to make sure that your shoulders are always back and your head is up and your eyes are laser focused. I'm not just telling you that in a presentation about body language and communication and leaders. I'm also looking like that on the stage with everything and every every move and every word that I say. So that's probably my favorite part about speaking is it's not just a bunch of words. I'm telling you exactly what I also do myself. I love it. You're living your message. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What's your favorite thing? I think, I think ultimately my favorite thing is is knowing that an impact that you create from spreading your message, if it's even one person, that there's always a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. And it can just go, honestly, this might be overreaching, but in my mind, I feel like even if you help one person to transition, to see some, just one, just one, that ripple effect can go through families. It can go through generations. It can go through friends. It can go through work environments. I mean, it could go through your own children. So I just think that for me, knowing that in the back of my mind, that even one person, God knows how many it can touch. For me, that is 
ultimately the best thing ever. Fantastic. Fantastic. Dina, what else do listeners need to know in order to make sure they're always owning the microphone with strength? What's the one thing they need to know? I would say number one, being authentic, I think is absolutely crucial. Number two, find your own message. Um, And number three, really honest, not because it's just my topic, not because I'm so passionate about it, but find your strength because that strength is what really is going to ignite you on the stage. I think when you really understand that you're going to walk on stage, your your footsteps are going to be better. The way you look is going to be better. The way you deliver is going to be better because you are just that much more confident. So I think those are probably the key factors for any speaker, I would say. Perfecto. I absolutely uh, cannot disagree with you on that. Those are perfect. Everyone, make sure you check the show notes. I want you to take a trip over to Dina Duvicus's website and download the first chapter of her book entitled Mighty. You'll get not only the first chapter, but also her action plan worksheets delivered directly to your email inbox. Check the show notes to get that link to her website. And don't just don't just sign up for free stuff now for the free <laughs> download. But also, <laughs> Dina is ready and available to get booked on your stage to empower your team members and colleagues to master their strength and master their lives. Dina DeVicas, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. It was an absolute honor to be here. I was really excited. I had a great time. So thank you again. Ah, for sure. And to the listeners, thank you for tuning in. I am Bridget McGowan. Until next time, make sure you always own the microphone. Mm -hmm.